if you have a book inside of you or if you have a hidden manuscript, I really think it, you know, it might be time to, to brush them off and take another look at them. Do you often wonder whether there's more to life than your nine to five job? Do you dream about having a life that has no boundaries where you can decide what to do and where to do it? And does the thought of how to get that life maybe overwhelm you just a little bit? Then this is the podcast for you. Join me as I uncover how to get that freedom and live a life that needs no retirement plan. I'll be scouring the internet and chatting with people from all walks of life who are out there living life to the max instead of punching a time card. I'm Jackie Doucette, and this is Beyond Retirement. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Retirement. Today, I'm really pleased to be joined by Wendy Gilhula. She's a former dance teacher, and she specialized in in supporting creative expression. Now as a math tutor, she has a unique ability to relate to children in a way that promotes excellence. And she's also an author, and her books have been recommended by therapists, counselors, activists, and teachers. So Wendy, thank you very much for uh, joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. It's kind of an interesting uh, assortment of activities that, that you're involved in. Um, let's start by just kind of examining that a little bit. You, uh, you started out, you were a dance teacher. Um, were you in business for yourself then, or did you work for a school, or how did that uh, transpire? I, I tend to, to think of my former work life as like a tapestry. Like, a, like now I have a tapestry of things that I've done that kind of woven together. And I did start out right out of college with my own dance studio for a couple years, but I wanted to move to a bigger city. So I moved to Knoxville, which was bigger than where I was and went to work for a friend of mine that um, we happened to go to school together. And I worked there for 13 years and I loved every minute of choreography and teaching, teaching kids how to work in groups and together and show their individuality yet be part be part of a, um, a group that was, you know, synchronized and to have a dance that they'd be proud of to show their parents. Very nice. It's got to be a, a very rewarding uh, type of work to see things, uh, see the, the children change and, and grow in their, in their strength and their skills. Just exactly. And, and all the little ones that wanted to be first all the time, and then they learned, you know, to take turns and and being in the front doesn't necessarily mean that you're better. It just means that that's where you're placed in the dance. And I tried to move, move all the children around so they each had a chance to be in the front and rotate and, and show fairness. So I loved that. And so from there, um, you moved on to become a math tutor. Um, was there something in between there? No, where's the transition in that? So yeah, a lot of people laugh because... I'll t I will tell my, I've been tutoring math for 17 years and sometimes dance comes up. They say, Oh, you know, I, I dance. I say where, and they, they tell me where, and I said, Oh, you still work there. And they're like, <laughs> like behind the desk. Like, did you do the math? No. I used to choreograph and they're like, what? And then I'll run into some of my former dance students and they'll say, you're tutoring math now. So how that came about was, I was transitioning out of out of dance. A lot of my stories I felt like inside had already been been told and I wanted to spend more time with my kids. So my son happened to do peer tutoring at his middle school. So I would show up early to pick him up and then I started helping kids in math 
Now, I don't like math. <laughs> so that's been kind of like a magic thing um, that bombs the students and myself because they usually don't like math either if they're struggling. Right. So I just would, would help them one-on-one -on -one and then parents would call me and say, hey, Wendy, can you tutor my child after school one-on-one? -on -one? And I'm, I say, I am not a licensed math teacher. And they said, we don't care. Our child that gets their work done and they're not crying so <laughs> when they're with you. And it just, it's been word of mouth and I've been having a full schedule. I've been so blessed to do that for 17 wow, years. That's amazing. So you, uh, that's still, it's a job that you do or a work that you do on your own schedule, right? That's not something you don't have to do it all the day, all day, every day. You kind of pick and pick and choose. Oh, yeah. Well, I have a schedule. So Sundays I work six full hours, six hours straight with six different kids in high school. And I work Mondays and Tuesdays. And um, lately I've done a lot more online, but I really like to be one-on-one -on -one with the kids and, you know, mentor them on making good decisions and make healthy decisions. And the parents know I do that too. So good. very nice. it's been, it's been a blessing as well. <laughs> Been lucky and you're also an author I am, <laughs> I am. You know? so just when I was thinking about you know when I was going to retire I pulled you know, my, what happened was I have a manuscript that I had sent out over two decades ago wow. to a publisher and it got rejected because the publisher told me that kindness was not relevant Wow and I was so humiliated. I hid it in a drawer, my bottom drawer, dresser drawer, for years and years and years. And every time I would clean out the dresser, I'd throw it away. And then I'd look at it and go, well, that's my only copy. That was before computers, you know, document, you know, windows. I pulled it back out and stuck it back in the drawer. Then one day, one of my students said to me, he looked around because I tutor out of my home. And he said, what do you do all day when you're not tutoring? And in my head, I said, I write books that kids are never going to read. And then I said out loud, well, you never know what Mrs. Gildula is doing. And, and he laughed because, yeah, there's no, there's no telling what I would be doing. <laughs> but I didn't like that. <laughs> it's true. And, but I didn't like that inner dialogue that I had with myself for the next couple of days. Like, why is that? Yes, over 20 years ago, somebody said it wasn't relevant, but... I think it's relevant. So I just, I just took it out of the drawer as a secret to, you know, for myself, my own little secret, brushed it off, um, updated my main character to an American pika. I did some research and found a cousin to the rabbit, really Pikachu happens to be an American pika. And I thought, well, if I ever got this book, this, it's ever turned into a book. I would love to teach kids about this little known animal that we have in the United States. And then I thought, well, maybe I'll get an illustrator and just do this for my family. Cause a lot of people, I, you know, was reading a lot of people were doing that, but then I sent it off to publishers. I thought, what do I have to lose? I've already been told by a huge publisher. It's not relevant. No one can say anything worse than that. <laughs> so I sent it out, sent it out. I got rejections. I was okay with that. I just, sent it out again and then I got a letter and a phone call saying they wanted to publish it. Wow. I was like, what's going on? I know. So, you know, if 
if you have a book inside of you, or if you have a hidden manuscript, or if any of your listeners do, I really think it, you know, it might be time to, to brush them off and take another look at them. Just because I didn't get published till I was 52. So you think, oh, most people are probably younger than that. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No, when you pick up a book, it doesn't matter how, you know, how old the author is. That doesn't, uh, doesn't even right. enter into it. Oh, that's right. amazing. Right. I don't know how they could say that kindness isn't relevant. Well, I think, because if you think back, it was in the, that would have to have been in the early 90s. Or no, maybe it was late 80s. I don't have a, I don't have a date on that. But anyway, the, you know, Mr. Rogers was still around. People held doors for each other. They knew they answered a landline phone. You learn, you know, yep. you learn, you know, manners and things like that that we don't really kind of need now. And you know, you were answering the phone for your family, for your household. So you know, you had a little authority when you did that. And and you were, I think, there was more kindness back then. I just think there was. So maybe they didn't find it as relevant. But what a blessing it's been for it to kindness to be relevant now. I mean, kindness is more relevant now than ever. Yes, it is. And so that, uh, that little, um, I don't know what you want to call it, little piece of your, piece of your history is um, kind of a big thing, it, that, that little tiny story, because it's, it's taken you from being someone who was afraid to let yourself you know try something into a person who is more than more than happy to let people tell you forget it and it just kind of brushes off of you so how how did you change what what happened do you think that that changed that attitude well i was asking myself you know in that inner dialogue like why would you want to do this why why is it important now to brush it off what are you trying to do? Because I had to find my courage. It's not, you know, it's not easy to find your courage. But my why was, I was thinking about this tapestry of my life. Like, what, what is the overall thing I was, I've been trying to do all my life? And my husband said, you need a mission statement. He said it to me at Panera one day. I think <laughs> like, Panera. Yeah, what? <laughs> because Panera, we're, we're having dinner at Panera. He said, you need a mission statement. And I said, what would that be? And he said, you do help children and adults navigate a difficult world. Don't you think? And I was like, wow. oh, that's perfect. So my husband came up with that. So yes, I do try to help them navigate a difficult world. My books fit under that. My dance fit under that. My tutoring, my mentoring fits under that. So then I thought, well, why do I need courage? Well, my, my why was, I wanted to try to have some sort of, um, not career, but a legacy. Mm -hmm. That sounds like a big word, but like, I wanted to leave something behind for my kids. My kids didn't even know I had these stories. I'd never read these kids and never the stories to my own children. And they didn't even know. So when I said, Hey, I got a publisher for my, my children's manuscripts. He said, wait, what, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so it was, it's been really fun and it's been a wild ride. You know, you're going to have ups and downs if you try it. Yep. But if you know your why, 
it really helps. You just go back to your why or you go back to your mission statement and, you know, it gives you direction, I think. So it's just kind of a matter of um, just taking the chance, I guess, and just having the, having the courage to step out. Right. And then if somebody says no, go on to somebody else. Right. Somebody will like it. Yeah. Somebody will. So looking, looking over all of the experiences that you've had and all the different uh, types of employment that you've had, what kind of advice or suggestions would you give to someone who is looking to change their life a little bit? Um, this, this show is generally going, talking to people who are trying to transition out of a nine to five job, either into retirement or into something else where they don't need to retire from it or something that can continue on for a number of years. So if someone was trying to find a way out of their nine to five job and, and you're talking about having courage to step towards a dream, what, what suggestions would you give them? I would suggest to do it in baby steps and not just, you know, do a total dive in the deep end and not have any, you know, if you need your, if you need your income, keep it, but maybe try to go part time. Now, Writing books doesn't make you money. <laughs> I mean, being an author, you, unless you're J.K. Rowling or something like that, you're not going to make. It's not that kind of money out there. Um, you can make some money, but it may, it's probably not going to be enough money to replace what you're doing, what you're doing now. So you have to, you know, budget. Think about how much you can live on. Probably have to prioritize, you know, your spending, your budget. And, you know, invest a little bit in yourself in baby steps. You talked to you, you said that your, uh, your character in your children's books is a, is a pika. So can you talk a yeah. little bit about your, about your books, about um, what they're about and that sort of thing, how they help kids a little bit? Sure. Oh, I've got some right here. I'll just hold them up. So the very, the one that got rejected was actually the second book that came out and it's Pika Bunny has a big question. And here is Aww. Pika Bunny. He's a little pika. So if you put your two hands together and you look down in there, a little Pika Bunny would fit in your own two hands. Oh, wow. Like probably kids that. <laughs> they are, ooh, they giggle. And I say it weighs one and a half sticks of butter. And then I ask them if that's heavy or light. Most of them say light. And I said, but what? I said, go home and really see if you can put one and a half sticks of butter. It's going to be a lot heavier than you think. <laughs> and this one's about kindness. The big question is, this, was, this is the one that's um, most often asked, requested lately because of kindness. Uh, the big question is, yes, mama, what love is? Oh, wow. Very big question. So mama tells him and he's not sure what she means. And he goes on his own journey to discover he didn't know what that means. Then I have Pika Bunny. Two of my books are also in dual language. Oh. Hope that's not backwards. It probably is. But nope. So what that means is um, the top is in English and the bottom is in Spanish. Very nice. And this one's Pika Bunny and the Thunderstorm. And this I came up with, this story I came up with when I was about six years old because I was terrified of thunderstorms, every element of the thunderstorm. You know, the thunderstorm seems to always start with maybe the wind. So Pika Bunny has to figure out if he wants to be afraid of the wind. And the wind is probably one of the things I'm, I'm scared of the most. 
So that came first in the book. And then each element, the why there's thunder, um, lightning, and at the end, he decides that he's okay with the thunderstorm and he can go to sleep while the thunderstorm is going on. So that's been, that's been really popular hospitals that I read in because the kids are going through their own thunderstorm. Right. So you know, like cancer treatments yeah. are, you know, their own thunderstorm, but there's a reason why we're trying, they're trying to get to the other side and, and get healthy again. And then my last book is Peek a Bunny Says Eep. And in nature, the, the pika says eep when there's a predator or when um, somebody's in its territory. So Peek a Bunny Says Eep is where Peek a Bunny helps a friend, Paisley, find the courage to say no to bullying. So that's, that was pop, that's, this has been popular. Last fall, I read this a lot, um, just talking about uh, having courage for a friend and what bullying is and what it means and it has a nice little happy ending so not too happy because you know you want to say you want to hope the bully will turn around and be your best friend probably not going to happen no. probably you know it's probably rare and maybe when the bully grows up or per person bullying i call them grows up you could become friends later that people change but the, what happens is so many people stand up for Paisley and just say no or eep. That's all they have to say. That Brutus, he just slinks away because he can't win because there's too many people saying no. Don't, don't treat her like that. So, and, it, and they're not yelling at the bully. We're not going to bully the person bullying. But those are the three in my learning series. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's really great. And I'm sure, I'm sure that the kids enjoy that. I know that. We actually acted out. Now this book is is I thought was going to be for K through two because it's a like a, a learning series or reader. But I have been invited to schools to talk to up to fifth grade because wow. they they want to talk about it but they don't have the courage to talk about it. So when I come and I'll have the microphone, we'll have we'll have time to act, kind of act it out. We have a pretend bully and a pretend person being bullied. And then we have to actually practice saying eep or no because everybody's trained to just be quiet, silent, and watch. So after a couple times, they start giggling. I said, what can you do? And they went, oh, no, eep, not screaming, eep. And then we practice again. And then when the pretend bully hears all these eeps, they, their immediate response is just to turn to turn their back and start to walk off laughing because they know it's – they know we're – they know that the kids aren't, you know, being mean to yeah. them or anything, but it works. I said, see, the bully wants to walk away. It's an automatic response for when 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 people are saying no one time, the bully has no more power. So it's, that was a hard book to, I took a lot of courage to write this book. I'll tell you that much. Wow. And you said the, uh, the one about the thunderstorm you were came to you or that was a story from when you were around six so you've been writing your books for that long that's amazing i guess so yeah in my mind because every time i every time i feel the wind i'm like okay it's like a it's like a peek, what peek buddy's mama does is he's he asked mama if she's afraid of the wind 
And she says, well, like this brush, it brushes away the old dried leaves and leaves the new green leaves of spring. So that's what I'm thinking. It just kind of brushes away. It sounds like it's howling and yelling at those old leaves, but really it's just kind of brushing it away and it's cleaning up, you know, our, it's actually cleans it up our environment, takes the, the things that are wasted and need to go and leaves the green leaves of spring. Very nice. So that's, I keep reminding myself when the wind gets really, really strong. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Just recite the book in my mind. <laughs> so I don't know uh, if you've got anything else that you'd like to talk about. I, you've got so many things going on in your life. Well, um, I do have a story where I was reading on Skype. I have about 300 Skype miles speaking to different classrooms all over the wow. world. And before my reading actually started, I was live. And I don't think the kids realized I was live. I think maybe they thought I was part of a TV show or something. And there was a little boy on the second row and he was being not nice. I can't say he was bullying the kid next to him because bullying is something that's done over and over and over to make somebody feel bad. But he was not being nice at all to the boy next to him. And I said, hey, um, you on the second row. And he's in the blue shirt and he's like snapped to, you know, attention. He's like, I said, what does your shirt say? Cause I could read it from, you know, and he goes, Oh, my shirt says kindness is cool. <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs> and that, you know, so I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking how ironic it is. And I don't want to call him out for bad behavior because I'm a guest, but I wanted to address it because you know, I'm trying to say no to things like that, but that's all I said. And he didn't get it, which would, but that was fine. <laughs> so that night I was thinking and I thought, how many times do we think we're kind, but we're either being neutral or maybe, maybe we think we're doing a lot of acts of kindness, but we're actually not doing the acts of kindness. We're just wearing the t-shirt. So <laughs> you're, you know what I'm yes. talking about? It's like the t-shirts are cool, they're cute, but like, are you really being kind or am I really being kind? Asking myself. And I woke up the next morning and before I put my feet on the floor, I thought, oh, I've never done this before. And I thought, I'm going to create an app that tracks acts of kindness for kids. And it's going to be in school, home, and for our planet. And I remember looking down at the floor and my feet hitting the floor and I haven't looked back. So I found people to help me. So I created it and I found a designer and I found a developer. So I have a free app called the Peak Abundant Kindness Tracker. So if your listeners want to look for it after, it's for um, children in their lives. It can be grandkids, um, if they're teachers or preschool or even Sunday school teachers. And then there's an, also an app for adults for 18 and over. And if you're still at work, there's a workplace section. And that's called, just called the PICA app. It stands for Practice Intentional Kindness app, P-I-K-A. So you can go in the Apple store and just search PICA and then the word kind, and then both that app will pull, pull up for you. And it's free too right Oh, now. that's great. Well, I'll make sure that that goes in the show notes so that people know to go and take a look for that. Well, thank and you. And then you could, they can tell, they could post their scores. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Some people might not want to do that. Well, they might be kinder than they think. They might be like, wow, I really am kind. Or they might be, wow. You know, to, to tell on myself, the Peak of Money Kindness Tracker for Kids came out first. And I looked at my home score, and it wasn't very high. Uh -huh. 
And I thought, what? What? I'm not mean at home. Like, what's going on? And then I realized I wasn't saying good morning. I was more like business as soon as I saw somebody because I got up first. I was talking about business. Well, we have dentists today and blah, blah, blah or whatever. And I wasn't giving as many hugs as I thought I was. Like, I thought I was a big hugger, but I wasn't at that time being a big <laughs> hugger. Just simple things like that. Yeah. And that, so I'm trying more to, to get more peak bunny points during the day. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a, that's a great way to track it. Just random acts of kindness, I guess. That's a make your, make everyone's day better. Right. The one for workplace, um, the Pika app, you can actually edit that one. So there's three little dots in the right corner and you can edit. Um, so it like, for example, if you work somewhere and it says um, hold the elevator for somebody and you don't have an elevator, you can take that out and you can put something in that, that you can do. Okay. That's really neat. I like that. Thanks. So if people wanted to uh, chat with you about your books or talk to you a little bit more about uh, the things that you've done, where would they find you? Well, they can find me on Facebook, Wendy Gahula Author, or if they like LinkedIn, because LinkedIn is getting like super popular and way different than it used to be find me on linkedin or i have a website wendygilvula.com awesome i'll make sure that those go in the show notes Thank as well you. and uh, you you mentioned when you made the uh, um the interview appointment that you have a pdf that that people can get yes so if you go to my website and you click on you go to the very bottom and just put in your email you'll get an automatic response with the uh, finding courage pdf right here i have a copy of it right here so what it says is it's basically what i did to find courage what is my mission statement and that's kind of the hardest don't get too hung up on it but you know take a few days to think about you know what your core values are you don't actually have to have them in a sentence you can just write down what your core values are and then why do you need courage then where do i feel comfortable taking the first step and that's for me it was sharing with a family member or a friend and then when will i begin should be today yeah. Even a baby step, even you should start today, just working on your, you know, writing down your core values so they can have this um, right away. Awesome. That's really wonderful. Well, thank you very much. I really uh, enjoyed chatting with you today. And I did with you. Thank you so much for having me on your show. And I think I might just uh, take a look for uh, Pika Bunny, see what I can find. <laughs> very good. Very good. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. And that's our show for this week. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Beyond Retirement. I'm your host, Jackie Doucette. If you liked what you heard, please go to wherever you listen to podcasts, review the show, and leave me a rating. It helps me move up in the ranks and reach more people. If you've got any questions or comments, drop by my website, www.beyondretirement.ca, and leave me a short message. Thanks again for listening, and we'll chat again next week.